Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the upside down topsy-turvy world where Israel's word is instantly doubted and the terrorists that want Israel destroyed and the Jews exterminated, they are instantly believed. Even after the networks admitted they'd bungled this Israeli airstrike on a hospital mythology, they're still enabling the so-called Arab street to ignore the obvious evidence. In the words of CBS Evening News anchor Nora O'Donnell, all that data has done little to tamp down the anger sweeping across the region, <laughs> many still blaming Israel for the carnage. So who's who's who can't handle the truth? Who can't handle the facts? We're going to explore this today with Joseph Vasquez, associate editor for Business and Free Speech America. Find him on Twitter at jv 3 MRC. But of course, if Joseph's here, the thing we have to get to first is Georg Soros. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the evil genius? Uh, uh, That's an astute observation. Uh, uh, no, this, this entire slaughter of the Jews on October 7 mm. led you to go back and say, hmm, where exactly... Does Soros and his foundations fit into this geopolitical equation? And uh, you found some stuff. That is putting it mildly. Um, I was I was curious because I was monitoring the Open Society Foundation's Twitter um, Twitter page and Soros's account to see if they would put out any statements. Because I do know anecdotally that Soros has funded anti-Israel causes in the past. So I wanted to say, well, this is this is genocide, what's happening to Israel right now. I said, so logic would say that you would put out a statement showing solidarity, but they didn't. So I said, okay, this is interesting. So I wanted to look and see, have they done any pro-Palestinian work? And so I found one group, um, and this is kind of what led me on the trail. It was called the Middle East Policy Network, also known as Al-Shabaka. Um, I found that Soros had given this group around $550,000 between 2017 and 2021. And I looked at this group's Twitter page and they released a statement showing solidarity, not with Israel, but with Hamas. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, the statement said, and I'm paraphrasing here, that breaching Israel's boundaries expands the Palestinian imaginary for collective resistance or so on and so forth. Resistance and collective freedom, I Co think, is what you have. Collective freedom. Exactly right. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, pro Hamas sympathizers that, and it's backed up by source money. So I did radio on that piece once I reported it. And of course, you know, everyone's like, you know, rightfully freaking out about this. Why are you giving money to a group that's showing solidarity, solidarity with with the United States and Israel's enemies. It made no sense. And when I did radio on it the next day, um, the host asked me the same que question. Why is Soros doing this? I couldn't give them an answer, but it, it did lead me down a trail that I wanted to follow further. So when I started doing more research, I found an op-ed that George Soros had written in 2007 that pretty much blew the lid off of the entire case. Well, let's just give you the headline. So Please do. nobody can... No Nobody is going to say, well, you mischaracterized his remarks. The headline, America and Israel must open the door to Hamas. Period. <laughs> Need we say more? 
So I resurfaced that op-ed. That op-ed was published in the Financial Times, but it was also reposted on his personal website. Mm -hmm. It was just sitting there. And I, I resurfaced it, and then it went viral. It, it went viral, rightfully so. I'm like, wait a minute. How in the world was this op-ed able to go so long without getting uh, proper media response to it? Well, it goes to show that the media will do everything that they can to protect Soros, even when he expresses support for genocidal maniacs in a terrorist, a U.S. designated terrorist organization. Well, I, I, I just have to say, Joey, where were you in 2007 when you, <laughs> you could have been exposing this? I was in high. I was in high school. <laughs> I was, I was trying to keep my grades up. Yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, Al Shabaka on its About Us page promotes what they call a theory of change. Quote, we believe our vision will be realized through strengthening the popular movement for Palestinian liberation with the theoretical and analytical policy foundations to both dismantle the current structures of oppression and build a liberated future. I think we can read between the lines there. <laughs> uh, well, apparently Soros... Let's just destroy Israel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But apparently Soros' own foundations can't read between the lines. It's 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 just it's it's just pure evil. It's just pure evil. And you know what that op-ed did? What Soros' op-ed did in 2007, this was 16 years ago, it blew apart every single media accusation that anyone who dares to criticize George Soros must be an anti-Semite. Yeah. How in the world can you make that argument now in light of this op-ed showing solidarity with terrorists? Give me a break. Yeah, that's the uh, that's what I heard from you in the hallway. This is the end of you can't attack Soros or you're an anti-Semite. He's funding the anti-Semites. Exactly. And, you know, it's funny because... Well, it's not even funny. This is this whole thing is just horrific. But Alan Dershowitz, when Elon Musk dared to say, you know, that that George Soros is against humanity, you know, um, Alan Dershowitz wrote an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal talking about that no one has done more to fund the anti-Israel movement or to propagate it than George Soros has. That sh that in itself should have immediately been a tell. But apparently, for the meaning, no, anytime you criticize George Soros, you must be anti-Semitic. Well, what's your explanation now? What is your explanation now? I mean, obviously, he's such a sugar daddy for the Democratic Party. They, they, you know, it's look, we've seen this for years. I'm sure we've talked about it before that whether it's a Richard Scaife, you know, anybody on the right who's funding political operations uh, is uh, considered like an evil machinator, manipulator. Uh, in your case, let's let's read the statement from Dan Schneider, your boss. George Soros has consistently and continuously funded the most hateful, anti-American, and anti-freedom organizations in the world, and that includes terrorist organizations that want to bring an end to a Jewish state. But instead of shining a light on his disgusting plans, legacy media have has protected him from criticism. Oh, I mean, it's it's absolutely right. I mean, we released a study at the beginning of this year showcasing how Soros's millions have gone into multiple media outlets across the world that pretty much created a very a very lucrative um uh protection racket for him so he can do whatever he wants and it pretty much just goes under the radar like that 2007 op-ed no one it took me just doing some few google searches here and there to find that this op-ed even existed and people were posting that reposting that op-ed on twitter going hey yeah well yes this is actually real and i'm like it's been real for 16 years and no one knew it existed. 
I mean, come on. Well, and I just have to poke at you and say, you used Google, <laughs> which your Mr. Schneider says is evil, of but it's, it's, of it still works. It still <laughs> works as a search engine. It, yeah, it, it has its uses here and there, but, I mean, but even I, it's a censorship heavy obsessed giant knowing that it yeah knowing that it has what's the number 97 or 98 percent of search so now i'm trying just for just to keep it at you know get drive it down to 96 i'll use bing today i'll uh, <laughs> let me use some duck duck go just just to see if it gives, gives me something different uh you also make the point we all know that george's son alex the newly minted unhinged heir to the empire as you put it uh, was deputy chairman during this, the Trump years. But in the group's spring 2022 to spring 2023 annual report, Al Shabaka listed uh, the Soros Foundations as one of its quote unquote valued supporters. So it, this apparently continues. Well, the irony of Alex Soros here is that, yeah, he's deputy chairman, so he's just as much a part of this whole debacle as his father is. But what makes it even worse is that for Alex Soros is that he promotes on his website uh, on the open society foundation's website that he's the founding chair of bend the arc jewish action a project that is literally designed to try to convince the american people that it's the republicans who represent the greatest threat to jews in this country uh, in, in this country that's what he's that's what he's that, that's what the project does it makes it makes it a mission to try to convince american people that the greatest threat to the jewish people is the right but i mean but then you're seeing his father Promoting Hamas, you see his own organization funding pro-Hamas causes. I mean, the the, the script, right, the, the the irony writes itself. It's just complete and utter bonkers. I can't even put it into words. Like, yeah, I can't. There's just no words. People are in their cars now, going, "Gosh, Joey's just a little fired up." The the um, but this is what's interesting. It's like you know, Alex Soros. You can go see him. You guys have posted these pictures of him. Uh, you know. Uh, next to Biden or next to Kamala or next to Democrats. I forget which exact powerful Democrats he's next to. But uh, yeah, he's a power player in the Democrat Party. It, really the same way the legacy media doesn't really want to deal with Ilhan Omar or Rashida Tlaib and their denial that, for example, that, gosh, the Israel didn't strike a Gaza hospital. Uh, uh, obviously, Rashida Tlaib still running around pretending it, it does. Um, both Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar have been running away from Fox News reporters trying to shout questions at them. I noticed, Brad Wilmoth noticed this weekend that Chris Hayes actually like denounced Fox News chasing this woman down the hall asking her questions. And you're like, so you don't, MSNBC and NBC don't have anybody in the hall hassling Republicans? CNN doesn't have Manu Raju? <laughs> The question is, where's Manu Raju and Ali Vitali, you know, running around after these anti-Semitic Democrats on the squad? Well, I can tell you this. I mean, most of the media, like, for example, that, that incident that happened on October 17th where the accusation that Israel supposedly bombed a hospital, right, they immediately took the Hamas-controlled Gaza Health Ministry's word for it, and then ran the narrative that apparently it's Israel that was responsible with no other evidence, you know, accounted for. So they just took the terrorist word for it. They were busy running pro-Hamas propaganda. That's what they were doing. I think that this is the interesting part is, yes, I think they, you have to guess. Like, why did you take their word for it? Is It's, it's such a good question, and it really should be asked. But I think the answer is, well... 
now that the not now that the Israel slaughter part of this is over, now we've got to balance it out. But you know, yes, just the fact that some of this stuff was Palestinian Health Ministry instead of describing it accurately as Hamas, and these are sort of the shades of how they started to quote unquote fix it. Then they then they would say, you know, Hamas says Israel had an airstrike, and then it was like, oops, you know, the Biden people looked at all at this with all their intelligence resources yeah i mean and yet we're still waiting for the accountability i know that the new york times had sort of a sort of a correction but i mean there that i think needs to be that really needs to be walked through and this is where you would expect let's go look at the columbia journalism review pointer.org all the wherever there's still an an ombudsman or public editor looking at you kelly mcbride at pointer and at npr they need to explore this and actually interview top editors and get them to explain why they were so credulous. Uh, all right, so let's go to something else. And one of the other projects you guys are doing at Free Speech America is looking at this NewsGuard group, Ugh. <laughs> which which was founded by uh, Mr. Brill. I'm forgetting his first name Steven. now. Stephen Brill, who used to have a magazine called Brill's Content that was eh, was. Eh, it was something, but now I mean, uh, the the problem we have with NewsGuard sort of underscores our general overwhelming problem, which is uh, the the so called mainstream media, the legacy media, um, are treated as the always reliable sources. And what happens when they screw up? And you were like, nothing, <laughs> absolutely nothing. So uh, this is you. You went running MRC research. Check NewsGuard scores for the four outlets that messed this airport air airstrike story. Oh, absolutely! Like the New York Times was one of them. I mean, it was plastered on their homepage: Israeli airstrike, you know, uh, hits uh, Gaza hospital. You know, and, and with a photograph, with by a the photograph, way, of, you know, of a not that was not the hospital. <laughs> it was fun. No, it was it was horrific because the the hospital. Um, the, the the image that was represented, it would lead readers to think that it was a hospital, but it was of a location miles away from where the hospital uh, was was bombed. You know, so the pure misinformation, pure misinformation. But in, in you know the the series of edits that took place afterwards on the article, it was case in point. But it, but the New York Times, Political, Time Magazine, Reuters all pushed the pro Hamas narrative and then had to revise it later. But the damage was already done because then you have mass protests springing up all across the Middle East, regional governments issuing statements of fury directed at Israel. But when I checked NewsGuard scores for each of those four outlets, they got a perfect 100 out of 100 score. They're still considered flawless by NewsGuard standards. And it's even more stupid when you look at one of their criteria. One of their criteria that all four outlets scored, you know, high marks on was, quote, gathers and presents information responsibly. These outlets helped fuel uh, anti-Israel furor across the Middle East and in the U.S., like, you know, to boot. But they're, you know, purely on the word of Hamas propaganda, and yet they're considered to be flawless paragons of journalistic virtue. This, Complete ridiculous. This is where you want to say, couldn't you, couldn't you ding it down from the one hundred percent? You know, somebody's probably going, "Hey, Joe, it's been four days." I mean, how? I, I guess this is the question: How long does it take NewsGuard to move? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like that should have been case. Of, like, if at the very least, it shouldn't be a hundred out of a hundred. Right. 
I mean, it shouldn't have been a hundred in the first place. No, it shouldn't. Because we can look at all these things and we can say, okay, New York Times, Jason Blair. That was, you know, we can, all of these outlets, we can point to previous things that should have kept you from going to 100. Uh, and then, of course, you also noted, did a separate thing. Uh, Elon Musk stated NewsGuard should just be, quote unquote, disbanded immediately for the way it props up legacy and liberal media outlets. Well, absolutely. I mean, we showed across two studies that MRC, that, that, that NewsGuard's rating system is heavily skewed to favor left-wing outlets. What happened with the with the New York Times, Political Reuters, and Time Magazine is, is a case in point. They will they 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 mindlessly prop up legacy media and then they constantly ding right-leaning media. That, that that's what NewsGuard does. And you know, I looked at the New York Times um this 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 morning. I saw a piece that was posted. This is after they already did their damage with the Israeli airstrike thing. This is a headline, the, one of their latest headlines. Hamas fails to make case that Israel struck hospital. So this is like the biggest case of how it started, how it's going, right? Yeah. Oh, first the Israeli airstrike hits hospital. Oh, actually Hamas fails to make that case. What were you doing running with their word to begin with? <laughs> but they still, to this day, even after I reported on what NewsGuard allowed them to get away with, their score is still perfect. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, uh, this is the whole problem we have. And that is because you're conservative, you're suspect. I mean, th this is what, you know, their idea of, well, let's try to let's try to get in there and create a business where we're going to tell you who's reliable, who's responsible. It's this, it's this ad fontis model. It's the same thing. Oh, that they're just as they, they all create this situation where we're going to tell you who you really should be relying on. And then it becomes quite obvious that, yeah, they all, they all grade on a big curve. A very big curve. <laughs> and that is if, if, if you are a conservative media outlet, let's imagine, just let's imagine for the sake of, yeah. uh, uh, of, of fun, that uh, that a conservative media outlet, you know, everything it reported, you know, nobody had ever made them have a correction because they were just so accurate. We are not one of those. I think the, the, this is people should admit error when they commit error. I, I, we, I've I've committed errors. I've made mathematical mistakes or so on and so forth. It's like just fess up, just post a correction on it, and say I'm sorry. You know. The Brian Steltzers of the world always do this thing where it's like, well, the conservatives are doing this in bad faith. Well, a good faith effort is when you make a mistake, you acknowledge you made a mistake, and you try to make up for it. You know, you're not saying Hamas fails to make the case. It's kind of a comical <laughs> oh, headline. Oh, yeah, go figure. It's like, well, ha Hamas certainly didn't fail to talk you into it. Yeah, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't you know, they didn't waste any time making you guys look at, look like idiots by taking their word for it. The genocide, you took the genocidal maniac's word for it. That's that, I mean, it's just, it's just boneheaded. Pure bone, I'd like to meet the editors that allowed this kind of crud to go through the editing process. And, oh yeah, this is good. Yeah, this is fine, we can publish this. So I posted something that I found on Red State, on, I put this up on Newsbusters today, is just for a few seconds, CNN put up a map of Israel and it had Tel Aviv not on the coast. Uh, you know, it it had they several- They misplaced them. <laughs> they misplaced several cities uh, and uh, just for like four seconds. But it's it's just more embarrassment. And then what happened afterwards, Joey, was, was the other part that sort of distressed me, was that Clarissa Ward goes to some lady screaming at her with a pro-Hamas viewpoint. Yeah. 
And Clarissa Ward's like, oh, we we start. She started screaming at us, so we gave her an interview so she could make her point about how the UN is pro-Israel. You know, there's like, uh, I'm waiting for my Daniel Dale fact check. Oh, no. The United yeah. Nations loves Israel and is a puppet of the Jews. Earth okay, to Newsguard, Earth to Newsguard, and so it's. I just have to say this: we conservative media critics aren't exactly going to get a space to talk on CNN. But Clarissa Ward's going to go get a woman who's screaming insanity at her and say, oh, and now for the other point of view. It's the oh, idea gosh. that these people all now really want to be fair and balanced to be sure that we're awfully nice to the people who want Israel destroyed and the Jews driven into the sea. It's in their own sloganeering. You know you know how badly, you know what this, this whole debacle, this whole journalistic debacle did is that it proved one thing, that that this that the that the left wing media they can't get a story right they can't they can't they can't, they cannot get a a, a a genuine story right they can't even hit water if they fell out of a boat that's how bad and incompetent these left wing outlets are but what makes you know what 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 just boggles my mind it just boggles boggles my mind Hamas in its founding charter in 1988 specifically states right that one of its goals is to see Israel eradicated. Yeah. That in itself should have informed at least a little bit. <laughs> they are not usually take their word on anything pertaining to Israel. Yes. I mean, but but of course, I mean I mean for goodness sakes, I mean I've been working here at the MRC for for 4 years. Some of the people that are in these editing rooms, they've been in there for decades. Yeah. And you mean to tell me that no journalistic course, no 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 editing standards, not the AP standards, none of that informed you that maybe it's not a good idea to take the word of uh, of terrorists, you know, hook line and sinker. But that's exactly what happened. Well, and, and what's additionally fascinating about this is that these journalists that actually work in the Middle East work in some pretty dangerous conditions. Mm -hmm. um, it's so dangerous, Joey, that the New York Times feels like they could they need to get back their video editor who loves Hitler because, you know. Oh, my gosh. Sta staffing is tough. We need somebody on the ground. It, it's a meme. They literally made a meme out of themselves. How many, how much column space do they spend trying to convince people that conservatives are somehow neo-Nazis? But then you hire, a, you rehire a little old Nazi that you fired originally for posting Nazi content. Yeah, I you mean, just it's made a meme out of yourself. This has happened quite a bit to CNN and to other media outlets who've tried to to use, you know, the homegrown staffers because it's a, I, we understand it's a dangerous area. Uh, but this is sort of the fun uh, point, which is who's making the neighborhood dangerous? It's the people like Hamas who are making it dangerous, who are lobbying, lobbying missiles at Israel on a daily basis. And they're the ones you're so solicitous of. It is kind of a mystery. Let me turn to one last thing that I think you're working on today, Joey. The uh, Bidenomics. Well, you guys have hit this rather repeatedly. It, and if you go to our, our Media Research Center Twitter accounts, Newsbusters, the MRC, Free Speech America, and so on, you know, we're posting some graphics about just how well Bidenomics is quote-unquote working. But in this case, uh, you're, you're, you're going to Vox. <laughs> <laughs> which is not where you go for reliable information. However, I will re repeat, Vox and NPR get along great. Vox contents on NPR, New York Times podcasts on NPR. What do we got today on Vox? Well, the Vox co-founder, Matthew Iglesias, who now writes for Bloomberg, he came out with this stupid, just utterly stupid headline that, you know, I, I don't even need to explain it. It's This was, 
This was his headline on Bloomberg News, uh, on Bloomberg Opinion. Biden's economy is great everywhere except in the polls. Oh, jeez. The interpretation. Interpretation. <laughs> You're you all dumb. Dumb plebeians just don't know what's good for you. So what? You have to spend $200 on groceries. So what? You need to spend all this money on electricity and energy. You just don't know what's good for you. Y'all just y'all just complaining. That, that that that's his argument. It's just I, I reached out to EJ Antoni at Heritage and he was telling me that the metric that uh, that Iglesias used to prove his argument was just flat out bogus. I mean, the American people aren't making this up. They're not making up the high prices that they have to pay at the grocery store. They're not making up the high prices they have to pay at the pump. They're not making any of this up. So stop treating them like they're not experiencing it. It's just, I mean, these these journalists literally live in their own bubble. Perpetual, they're just incorrigible. Incorrigible individuals that just push the Biden narrative with impunity. It's just stupid. I think that there are times where they will acknowledge that inflation is bad. Although, yes, the, re the recent spin is inflation's on the decline and it's like well, wait, oh, yeah, the wait a minute. The <laughs> and the nature of inflation if the box of wheaties went from 750 to 775 inflation's not on the wane you know it's it's, it's continues i mean they tell you that it declined but but inflation is still increasing it's, right it's not in negative territory the rate is going down the rate is going down but if you were to look at the average prices are now more than 17 percent Higher than they were with them when Biden first took office. You're going to tell people that that's somehow ideal economic conditions? Well, obviously, the the older people in the audience will be like, you know, Ronald Reagan in 1980, asking, "Are you better off than you were four years ago?" And I, it, that's going to be the problem for Biden, and they all know it. So yes, one of the ways to fight that is just to say, "This is basically a Jedi mind trick." It the, is. The economy is terrific. You love it. You didn't see anything. I mean, like and now let's acknowledge that the unemployment rate looks good. It's a 3.8 percent. That's a that's a pretty. I mean, that's close to what economists would suggest is full employment, mm. but. Uh, but everything else is not so great. <laughs> I was looking today. Um, at mortgage <laughs> rates. Let's start with mortgage rates. You okay. want to be a new homeowner buying a house at eight percent? Oh no, it's it, it's 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 utterly it's utterly ridiculous. And it didn't even take me long to look at some of the more recent data. But apparently, I was just looking at this article from from the Insider. Apparently, America's po America's poorest workers are getting raises, getting raises, which is uh, one of the anecdotes that Iglesias alludes to. But here's the caveat: eighty percent of their spending is on increasingly pricey basic needs. So on food and energy, they're spending most of their income, what the little that they make in income, just trying to survive. Right. In this cost of living situation that we're going, it's a crisis. If wages are going up, in part, wages are going up. The question is, are they matching prices? <laughs> and and that's it's no. So you can't you can't really assess the overall economy and go, hey, be happy with Biden. Wages are up. No, it's, that's an incomplete picture. It is, but this is what the media does. They try to tell you that even though the fire is the, the building is on fire right behind them, oh, it's mostly peaceful. Oh, the, you know, the economy is not is not, is not going to The apart. fire is mostly out. Yeah, the fire is mostly out. So it move back in. <laughs> Meanwhile, you have to you have to go through the smoke and all of the and, and all of that nonsense and, and the suffocation. It's just it's this is what the media does. What they did with the Israeli airstrike, what they're trying to do with the economy, they've convinced they, they, they've essentially just made the case for us for the, at the MRC that they're nothing they're nothing but clowns masquerading as good journalists. This is who they are. Well, I mean, they're on a team. I think this is what our overall indictment is, and that is whether it's the way they got the uh, the airstrike wrong, 
Oh my god! It's all about being on. It, you, you you make moves because this is what this is what the team is doing. And of course, yes, this is where pack journalism's like a bunch of lemmings going off the cliff. Well, everybody, AP said it was true, so it must be true. <laughs> you know, CNN said it's true, so it must be true. And and but. Yes, I mean, I, I think as a voter, you th and this is why Gallup found that more people say they don't trust the press at all, and, and, and especially Republicans, because they feel like these people, they're not trying to inform people, they're trying to persuade people to vote one way. Well, this is why, you know, Soros and the leftist media, they operate on the assumption that the American people are stupid and that's how they, they can put out whatever. It's like, oh, you know, you could throw you could throw a cheeseburger, you can throw a steak over there, you can throw cheese sticks over there. They think that the American people will just start running to them and just taking whatever they send them. But you know what? I'd like to believe that the American people writ large are a lot smarter than that. And that's why they can look at what Bidenomics is doing and say, no, this policy sucks. And we're suffering because the policy sucks. And trying to lecture them and saying that, oh, you you guys are just stupid. You don't know what's good for you. It's not a winning argument. And it's funny because Iglesias says in his own op-ed that the Biden campaign shouldn't take the position of, oh, the Biden economy is great. The voters just don't know what's good for them because that's a losing message. And I'm like, you're literally doing that in your own op-ed. <laughs> yeah, but I'm writing for my friends, so it's <laughs> okay. For your friends. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, for us who actually will take the time to read your nonsense and write it up. <laughs> so. You know, I... I never assume that somebody's stupid. I do. I will assume this, Joey. Not everybody's into uh, everything that's in the news. A lot of people look at a, a, a time like this and and kind of tune the news out because it's depressing. Of course. So it's. It, it, but yes, people know and they talk to each other. They know in their sense. They know in their gut. Yeah. We, are we are we moving in the right direction right now? Eh, <laughs> no. Uh, uh, but you know reading a newspaper every day or or watching as much television as we do we're kind of oddballs we're not the average uh citizen the average voter and a lot of what we do at newsbusters is really about speaking to our fellow news junkies and saying yeah when you go to the thanksgiving table you have to try to tell them stuff yeah. and people are like look at you like you have two heads because they're not seeing what you're seeing that you read on a conservative site or you saw on a conservative network and uh and they're like where on earth are you getting this well it's well it's it's another thing when the what you're talking about in the news is something that directly affects their wallets they experience it when they go to the grocery stores to the pump and that's why when someone like paul krugman comes out on twitter and says something stupid like yeah. we won the war on inflation it's <laughs> over and then he uses a graph that excludes Food, energy, shelter, used cars. Oh, if you just eliminate all the things that Americans need to buy in a day-to-day -to, -day to survive, then we're beating inflation. Oh, yeah, then we want... You just eliminate all those variables. Yeah, we're, we're just doing great. Yeah. The fight on inflation's over. But this is what we're dealing with. This is the media landscape we're dealing with. And frankly, in my in my opinion, it's just going to descend further into the cesspool. It's completely hopeless. Well, Paul Krugman now is is like Jim Cramer, like see what he's saying and inverse, ble believe the opposite. Yeah, inverse Krugman. <laughs> Hashtag inverse Krugman. <laughs> All right. So we don't think you're stupid. We don't think you're, you know, you accept everything uh, that you're told by the media or maybe by newsbusters. You know, you're always, you can always look at what we got and say, well, wait, wait a minute. I'm going to go check on those people. And we hope what you'll find is we are a reliable source of information. Yes, we're conservatives. Yes, we're exposing the liberal media. 
But uh, we've got the videos and the transcripts and the links to old op-eds and all sorts of stuff like that. Awfully hard to deny the evidence. You can fight with it, but it's real evidence. And that's why you come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for listening.